welcome back to the HR Grapevine podcast, the podcast series that takes an in-depth look at one of the most fascinating, important or divisive HR stories from over the last week. I'm Sophie Parrott, online editor at HR Grapevine, and each week I'll be joined by a different HR journalist as we explore the contemporary practice and most pressing debates in HR within a short podcast. So join me as we properly pick apart what it means to work in the people function. Today, I'm joined by Jade Burke, editor of My Grapevine. Welcome back, Jade. How are you doing? Yeah, all good. Thank you. So, still working from home, obviously. Um, So, yeah, really good. Perfect. Like I said last week, um, we're both currently working remotely at the moment um, and dialing in for the purpose of the podcast. We do apologise if the sound quality isn't as optimum as it could be, but we are still dedicated to bringing you the latest topical debates in a short HR podcast, whether this is recorded from our homes as it is at the moment or whether it's in our designated recording room. So the topic that we've chosen for this week's podcast is going to be staff layoffs. It's something that, as we all know, has been dominating national news agendas over the last month as the virus has continued to spread and as business and financial uncertainty has continued to spike. Um, Earlier this week, Britain was warned of pay cuts and up to two million potential job losses caused by the coronavirus lockdown. Um, And that's just in the UK. So you can just imagine the sheer number of job losses caused on a more global scale. Um, While some people are still lucky enough to be in their jobs, recent Glassdoor research found that over 50% of employees are worried about losing their job and 59% of employees living in both London and Birmingham are equally afraid of losing their jobs. So there's been lots of coverage of organisations laying off staff, as well as the methods that the company bosses have adopted to convey this information, which in some instances has come under great scrutiny. Um, And this this is one story that we're going to be talking about in just a sec. So um, recently, HR Grapevine reported on a firm which laid off 406 workers during a two-minute Zoom call. Um, According to the publication Corporate Rebels, the electric scooter company Bird, which is a Californian-based company, reduced its workforce by 30% in order to extend its runway. Of course, making that amount of layoffs is an unfortunate decision, but as we have seen time and time again, some businesses have had to do this in order to trade their way through the turbulent climate. But it seems with this story that it was the way that these job losses were communicated with staff that was met with heavy criticism. And as we have seen on social media, every company move or decision, whether good or bad, is being observed publicly. Various reports have reported that the said number of employees were invited to join a Zoom call for a pre-scheduled 30-minute call, but it was alleged to have only lasted around 120 seconds, which seems um, a very minimal amount for something which is likely to have such a devastating impact on a huge portion of the workforce. The firm's CEO, Travis van der Zandem, was expected to leave this call, though it was reported that these layoffs were um, apparently communicated by an unidentified woman. For those employees that were on annual leave at the time of this Zoom call, their access to work computers was cut off. And because they weren't present in the call, a lot of them had no idea about what was going on. And it was alleged that some employees found out via media um, and news reports, which is obviously a devastating way to receive this news. It later appeared that a follow-up email was circulated, which asked staff to return company equipment, such as laptops and badges that they may have had while they were working remotely. 
Later on, the CEO said that the handling of these layoffs was not ideal. So I think this story really does give us a couple of different angles to dissect in terms of how this news should be communicated if businesses are put into that predicament and also the legalities surrounding staff layoffs. So um, although this case took place in the US, under UK law, what are the legalities surrounding the way that layoff news is communicated with employees, Jade? Yes. So when this story hit headlines this week, it definitely shocked me, that's for sure. Just due to the way that the business relayed the decision to such a large number of employees. However, according to gov.com, employers can lay off an employee or ask them to stay at home, for example, or even take unpaid leave when the employer cannot give them paid work, so long as that is stated in the employment contract and it allows it. If laying off staff is the only option for an employer, for example, then they have to first agree this with staff. This could be, for example, through their employment contract, a national agreement for the industry to a collective agreement between the employer and a recognised trade union. But what we have seen recently is Bird isn't the only employer to choose to lay off staff. For example, we reported a few weeks ago how staff at the Broughton arm of Cineworld claimed they had found out that they had been sacked via Twitter. If this was the case, letting employees know that they had lost their jobs in this manner could certainly be open to criticism, much like how Bird has been slammed for the manner in which they informed their staff earlier this month. Before the podcast took place today, I spoke to Claire Brooke, employment law partner at Aaron Partners, and she informed me that there are several practical issues when it comes to laying off employees via a conference call such as what Bird has done. For example, not everyone may attend much like the case with Bird. So some people may not understand what's going on or will actually mishear information. There is also no personalisation to address individual circumstances in this instance as well. And there are potential breaches of confidentiality and data protection. And then lastly, of course, it makes it difficult to manage the process with the appropriate level of dignity that employees deserve. She told me, If a business has been forced to close or needs to affect redundancies, COVID-19 does not mean that it is no longer possible for an employer to follow a fair process. A fair redundancy process involves reasonable consultation, fair selection where relevant, and consideration of suitable alternative employment. While news of redundancies and layoffs are not uncommon, for example, in 2019, approximately 106,000 people were made redundant, the most since 2016, when there were 114,000 redundancies, I believe, um, that was reported by Statista. The way in which employees are removed from the business is often the most memorable. For example, in this instance, what Bird has done will stick in the minds of many people. Therefore, employers in this case should try and stick to the letter of the law when choosing to make staff redundant and carry it out in a manner that would be considered compassionate and sensitive especially during times of crisis like we are witnessing today. However, due to the current crisis, there are special circumstances that may permit employers to make staff redundant or lay them off, for example. However, Shalila Cummins, employment lawyer at Pretty's, pointed out to me that employers should still be fair in their approach and follow a fair process. She told me, there is, of course, a special circumstances defence which may be used where collective consultation is not reasonably practicable. Indeed, given the unprecedented situation we find ourselves in, there may be some mileage in arguing that the circumstances are special. Even so, the advice is for employers to take all the steps they reasonably can to follow a fair process, 
This may involve not only using Zoom or similar, but also using the telephone, email, plain old letter or a combination of all four. So we've received some comments from legal experts about the aspects of law to be considered and for employers to be aware of. Given that this period of remote working demands good internal and external comms, I believe Jade spoke to a PR expert just to talk through how this information should be relayed to staff in an appropriate manner. Yeah, definitely. I think it's it's important for businesses to think about how delivering this type of news could actually harm their organisation's reputation in the future. I think when you consider the current state of the economy and the uncertain times that lie ahead for everybody, harming brand reputation is something most employers would want to avoid as much as possible in order to maintain their, you know, their loyal customers as well as retain their talented staff in the future. So today, before the podcast, I spoke to Courtney Glimpf, founder and managing director of Your Story PR, and she told me that while these decisions are not made lightly during such unprecedented times, she added that they should be handled with common sense, empathy and compassion, of course. She explained to me, from a crisis communications perspective, Bird now has a brand reputation and crisis issue on their hands. Had the layoffs been handled more sensitively, strategically and had been better planned from the top down, this potential backlash and the ensuing negative press could have been avoided. In reality, a number of proper measures could have been put in place to systematically and appropriately let staff know of the decision. And I'm sure that the team at Bird now recognise the unfortunate error of their actions. They can only learn from this mistake and move forward. I think that's a really interesting comment um, made from Courtney there. And statistics have also previously revealed how important a brand image is to retaining staff and customers. For example, Reed discovered that 73% of applicants said that their relationship with a brand would be impacted if they endured a negative recruitment process with it. Similarly, one third of respondents revealed that they would be less likely to use products or services of businesses with whom they had bad experiences. While 38% said that they would share their negative experiences with friends and family. So it just goes about saying that I think Bird's decision to fire staff in such a manner will likely damage its chances of hiring new employees who have heard of that news. Meanwhile, customers may even look to find similar services elsewhere from a different reputable business who may not have laid staff off in this way. Yeah, absolutely. And I think even just in what the CEO later came to realise, which he said in his words were not an ideal way of um, handling those layoffs. But I think one thing which is proving very difficult for employers at the moment is having to let staff go over the phone or via a video call because of the current government lockdown measures. And of course, that is unavoidable. Um, and, you know, communicating the fact that someone has lo- unfortunately lost their job over the phone is no easy task. Um, but before the podcast, I did speak to um, David Silito, who is a partner at the Leeds-based law firm Robinson Ralph, just to find out what employers need to consider if they do find themselves in that tricky predicament where they've got to lay staff off in a virtual sense. He said that it's first of all vital for employers to remember that legal obligations still apply, even during this complex period of remote working, um, and that employees still have the same rights and expectations under the law and also through uh, company policies as they did before the pandemic arrived. For example, he said, if your policy provides for a right to an accompanying person, you will need to consider arrangements for that. Be aware that the scope for negative press from companies doing things in the wrong way at this time. Employers informing employees of actions that affect them in big groups as opposed to individually could be portrayed as not showing concern for employees. 
Um, he also said that it's important to consider wording carefully. He even suggested that it might be a good idea to write a script before the meeting, just to make sure that all of the, um, the necessary points are covered. He said this is a particularly stressful time for employees, so ensure that you follow up after a virtual meeting or have steps in place to ensure that you check in on the employee's welfare. Um, in addition to that, I spoke to Phil Pepper, who was head of employment at North End Shakespeare Martineau, who said that the knock-on effect of the outbreak and the requirement for employees to work from home has in some ways ripped up the rule book of how employers communicate with their staff. He said, for UK businesses proposing to make 20 or more staff redundant, there is an obligation to undertake a collective consultation process, which should consider ways to avoid or reduce the number of employees to be made redundant and mitigate the consequences of the redundancies. He also explained that any redundancy should be clearly communicated and sensitively delivered to avoid bad outcomes. During this period of lockdown and social distancing measures, video conferencing is, of course, one of the ways that companies can facilitate face-to-face -face conversations with staff. He said that in that principle, there's no issue with businesses using video conferences to deliver bad news about redundancies. However, delivering the message en masse, he believes, is unacceptable. He said in order for it to remain fair, the correct processes must be followed, which would include both collective consultation where necessary and individual consultation for those with over two years of service before a um, notice of termination is issued. One thing that we've heard time and time again from those legal experts as throughout the duration of the podcast is that sensitivity is key. So um, I just wanted to um, share some tips from JC Townend, who is the CEO in the UK and Ireland at LHH, about how employers can go about this. So firstly, JC said that employers shouldn't ignore the halo effect. She says that redundancy impacts the whole company and not just the person who's been let go. Therefore, it is important to ensure that teams are supported and understand why the redundancy has happened and what the next steps are for that. Secondly, she said it is important to think about how you can support these employees who have been laid off with securing their next career venture. So this could be offering transition workshops, opportunities for coaching, helping them polish off their CV, those sorts of things. But before all of that, it's important to think of whether or not they have a skill set that aligns with any other internal opportunities in the business. Finally, communication is key, as we have seen um, and heard from all of the experts as well. But unfortunately, that's all we've got time for today. HR Grapevine wouldn't exist without your continued readership and engagement with our content, whether that's our daily newsletters, monthly magazines, webinars, live events, or market-leading research papers. So to find out more or to sign up to our daily content newsletter, please visit www.hrgrapevine.com. 